Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. The heavyweight champion Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan until you get a punch in the mouth. That's kind of where we're living. We got some plans, but we've had some setbacks. I think that um, every year I got uh, this this weekend, like your, your topic's kind of set. And what else can you say about Thanksgiving when you have preached 30 some sermons on it? But maybe we just need to be reminded how important gratitude is. And as a, as a uh, core value for us, this is us, we're grateful people. And we got lots to be thankful for. If we're not careful, we'll look around and see the things that we're upset about. But we need to change that. Because there's people that need our hope and they need our faith. They don't need our grumbling and our complaining. They need, they need something to get a hold of that's going to get them through. And so we need to be the answer to the problems that are around us. And so... My hope today is the Lord will direct us in just a little uh, talk here. Um, as a pastor, t- typically, oh, hi, everybody online. I'm glad you're there. We forget about stuff. Um, as a pastor, typically, you know, we, uh, we are mostly leading and feeding people. But there's another role of a, of a leader uh, specifically spiritual leader, and that is uh, sometimes you've got to deal with wolves, try and, try and get at the flock. And if you're not careful, those wolves may not be out there, they may be in here. And part of this season, as I've said the last couple of weeks, it's maybe not about building, uh, maybe it's about excavating and seeing what are we really trusting in, what are we really resting on. I'm just looking at the foundations and the things that... Um, support us in times like this. And of course, the, th- the, the challenge um, for all of us, I suppose, but for me specifically, is to continually doing some excavation work on my own heart and what's going on inside of me. And that's part of what I think we're invited to do in this season, rather than look around us, to look within us. And uh, so I want to share from the book of Colossians, which is probably easily one of my favorite epistles. And um, I want to look at chapter 2 specifically, and I want to talk about the spiritual practice of thanksgiving. Um, When I first started um, following the Lord, some people, I was introduced to the spiritual disciplines. I think a better word than discipline would be practice. And I think that the question I have for each of us is, what are we practicing and, and this, uh, the spiritual practice of thanksgiving is, is a form of spiritual warfare, I think, to adjust our perspectives and shift our mindsets. And so I want to look at uh, Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6 and 7 specifically. And because you've got your Bibles, you'll be able to follow the other passages just out of nowhere. Chapter, chapter 2 and verse 6, and now just as you've received Christ, if you underline, underline just as. Uh, And now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to live in obedience to him. 
and let your roots grow down into him and draw up nourishment from him so you will grow in faith strong and vigorous in the truth that you were taught. Let your life, this is like a, a directive now, let your lives overflow with thanksgiving for all he's done. Let your lives overflow with thanksgiving for all he's done, it, which means that it's, all, it's on the inside and it flows out. Starts on the inside. Can't flow out if it's not in. So we gotta posture ourselves with this habit of being grateful. And what I said a little earlier, I wasn't mocking the worship department. I'm saying you, when you, when we're without something, we start to appreciate it. I don't know if you can look back and say, "Oh, we've lost some things these last couple of years. We lost some stuff." You learn to appreciate things after you lost them. That's too late. I lost a tooth. Well, actually, I submitted to a pair of pliers. <laughs> I wanted it out, but I was a little resistant. I said, no, need more freezing, don't need more freezing. But you know, when you, once it's gone, I kind of miss it. I'd like to chew on both sides. You know about my ducks that died. I miss those ducks. Uh, we have a lot to be thankful for. Not just in Canada, but in Calgary and in each of our homes, we've got lots to be thankful for. And, and if we look around, we can think of a few of the things we're missing, but just praying for Afghanistan and some of the things they're just wanting to get by. And like, like what Richard said, we're getting firewood for, for them. Some of the pastors, that's their role, is finding firewood for people. Uh, you got a warm home, be thankful. Um, I think that when gratitude is not expressed, it's like love. It's sort of useless. If you're thankful for something and don't say anything about it, it hasn't, maybe, maybe it's benefited you a bit. But I think it's important that we express our gratitude. I try to do that every day as much as I can. That poor gal at Starbucks that just got, someone just went up one side down the other because wasn't enough foam in their latte or whatever. I just want to say thank you for being so patient with people that are, well, I, I don't finish the sentence. I say thank you for being patient with people. Oh, we need to be thankful. And, um, and I'd like to encourage us to adopt gratitude as a lifestyle, not just as a moment, not just one day a year, but as a lifestyle. Um, I, the fact is that if we look around, and if we're honest with ourselves, we're, we're kind of tired. Maybe you're not, I am. I feel a bit weary. I'm encouraged from Isaiah chapter 40 that even if I'm weary, and young men will grow weary, but if we'll entwine our life with the Lord, our strength can be renewed. And sometimes just making that happen is a bit of a piece of work. The word regain or renew, it means to exchange. So what we do when we wait on the Lord or entwine our life with the Lord, we give him our weakness for his strength. And so when it says, just as you've received Christ, that's actually how we receive Christ. We exchange our weakness for his strengths. Um, Winston Churchill said, fatigue makes cowards of us all. And I just feel like sometimes, uh, uh, I don't know if I'm ready for another battle. It's just I've just had enough. And what happens when you, that's, that begins to take place, um, I realize that there must be, there's some kind of a lie underneath there. 
Because underneath every, every fear, there's a lie. Because, so truth liberates. The opposite is true. It was the opposite. Lies inca- incarcerate or they imprison us. So somehow we got to get to the truth. Can I just say this nicely, that freedom is not good for everybody. It's not good for criminals. Selah. Feelings are kind of funny things, you know, and um, there's, uh, I have had uh, lots of different feelings these days. Many times I feel like I can't find anything that I'm kind of winning at. What am I winning at? And, um, and at, at that point, um, and that's how I feel. Not necessarily true, it's how I feel. What are we ever going to win at? When are we ever going to have breakthrough? When are we ever going to see the altars full again? When, when are you ever going to not have to think about, did I remember my mask when I go to the co-op? When are we ever going to get past that, right? I just, and you start to think, oh, Lord, I get, I, uh, and you feel a bit weary and tired. Um, for me, I started feeling imprisoned and trapped and confined and restricted. And when you're threatened, when anybody feels threatened, we've got natural uh, defense mechanisms inside us, the sympathetic uh, it knows to go into overdrive and start producing cortisol and adrenaline. And, um, and one of the ways that you turn that around, the parasympathetic system begins to, it brings uh, relaxation and rest, is simply by breathing. You can do it any place, any time. Just take like three big deep breaths. I, I try to hold them not too long. Um, you know, eight, seven or eight seconds and then release them slowly. But I've begun doing something a little different than that. I began inhaling the breath of heaven and exhaling every fear. Inhaling the love of Christ and exhaling all that dysfunction, discouragement. I just begin to do that, you know. It's a, it's a funny thing how quick things can happen, how it can change. But, but when you start <clears throat> feeling, what happens when, when you start feeling like that, um, you start to feel like you don't have a choice. And the only way that you would not have a choice is if you give your choice away. Because you always have a choice. So don't give your choice away. The choice is, what am I going to do with my current level of freedom? What am I going to use it for? And, um, and I know for me, I had to ex- try and expose these lies. And one of the worst lies is a truth that's been misunderstood. <clears throat> so, so what happens is these lies, they carry a lie, and then the lies hide. And, and when somebody is fearful, you can tell because you experience the fear from them. The same goes with us. If, and, and what happens with fear is it leads to control. And so what we want to do when we become fearful is we want to control something. Typically, we try to control our outside Everything on the outside when the issue is really on the inside, exposing the lie, finding peace, find your grounding. And then, so, so a good question is, how, do, how am I experienced by people? And when I see that my wife is beginning to either pull away or something, I go, what? what? And she, I'll know, and she maybe wants to be nice to me, but she's experiencing something that she's not sure what to do with. So I have to be cognizant enough to say, how are you experiencing me right now? And, and it might be that I'm looking for a little bit of help or a little bit, but you can look around and you can see people and, and how they relate to you. So fear will lead to control. And, um, and it becomes a little bit of a cycle. But only when we become fearless will we become limitless. 
And thanksgiving is a secret weapon for joy and peace and faith. Um, what happens when we try to control is we defend all of our decisions and our positions and we make excuses why we believe what we believe. The, the, the information I want to share with you today is we don't have to convince anybody about our opinion. What we do have to do is cleanse our conscience before the Lord. Moment by moment by moment by moment and consider the spiritual practice of gratitude and let thanksgiving overflow out of our life. Scripture would remind us that the, the best way to deal with fear is perfect love. Um, one of the expressions of perfect love <clears throat> is gratitude. And perfect love is not, is not um, agape love is not perfect love. Agape love is unconditional love that goes one way. Perfect love is reciprocated love. And, it, and you complete the circle. So Jesus, for God so loved the world, isn't that nice? But when you start to love God who loved the world, that's perfect love. But you've got to get a revelation of what he's like in order for you to do that. We used to sing an old hymn, count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Learning the spiritual practice of thanksgiving. I like this, um, the first chapter of Colossians. I love the prison prayers. Um, I see that Paul, one thing you know about Paul, he's really good at something. He's a pathological appreciator. He'd, he'd not been to Colossae, and yet he was so thankful for them. This is fascinating to me. He's in prison, and uh, he didn't plant the church at Colossae. Um, in fact, somebody else did. Uh, Epaphras, Epap Epaphras did. You can see that in um, verse 7, where he says, uh, Epaphras, a much-loved co-worker, was the one who brought you the good news. He's a faithful servant. And he's helping us in our, in our place. And he's the one that told you about the great love of others and that the Holy Spirit has been given to you. Paul, he, he's such a great belief in people. And this, uh, and, and Colossae was an interesting place. It was an inland city, about 100 miles inland. And it was, it, it, it was like a crossroads from the east to the west. And so he was dealing with a whole bunch of these heresies that were coming from the east. So are we. I just said what I said. I didn't say what you think I said, maybe. I don't know. But you're welcome. Um, <laughs> i got to be so careful. Honestly, and it's another problem. And, um, but, um, but it was a crossroads, and it was an important place um, for him, to, for this to be established. It was like an information highway, if you will. Information's coming to the west, going to the east. Information's coming to the east going back to the West. And Colossae was a place right in the middle, and which is why he would say, <clears throat> uh, he'd say things like this, uh, don't let anybody lead you astray with empty philosophy and the high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the evil powers of this world, but not from Christ. He says, be careful, because there's heresies coming from the East, <clears throat> the Middle East. There's heresies coming from the Middle East. And he said, be careful of this Eastern mysticism. That's coming your way. And he deals with, and, the, and then from the West come, is coming Gnosticism. The idea that you'll be more enlightened if you get more information. Hello. He said, be careful about this. And he calls it, I like the phrase in, in, in the NLT that I read, uh, 
It, he says, be careful of the empty philosophy and the high sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and the evil powers of this world. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Not everything you hear is accurate. It needs to be weighed out against the context of scripture. And he's, um, he would say some very cool things. Um, <clears throat> chapter one, verse three to eight is one sentence, that, that whole sentence. And I love the last verse about how they understood the truth about God's great kindness to sinners. Gosh, if there's nothing else that we can be thankful for, it's God's great kindness towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Huge deal, man. That's a big deal. Um, so it was filled with, with, the, um, with Gentiles mostly. And um, it just seems very touching that that Epaphras, if you read in chapter four, and you're gonna to wanna to go home and read the whole, it's only four chapters. It says Epaphras chose to imprison himself with Paul. This is such a touching scene in chapter four, how he says, I'm in chains with you. He went there voluntarily, started the church in Colossae. Paul, the apostle, great apostle, he's chained up. But Epaphras says, I'm gonna come and be with you. What a thing. Uh, are you familiar with people who are oppressed or imprisoned these days? Sometimes just being with them is enough. Don't have to have a great word. That's where the word comfort from, so calm together, and fortis means strength or courage. Together we find strength and courage. Just being with someone. Epaphras is a great, he's a kind of a cool character, and he stayed with Paul in Rome. And I, I think it's a it's a touching scene, verse uh, 12. Epaphras from your city, a servant of Christ, sends his greetings. He always prays earnestly for you, asking God to make him, you strong and perfect, fully confident in the whole will of God. I can assure you that uh, he, is, he is agonized for you. For you. It's just it's so interesting. He, how, he's hearing him pray. I love hearing people pray. We have a prayer service here at 820. I love hearing people pray. Pass the mic. Sometimes you have to pray for the prayers because you realize that they're so depressed or discouraged, and they're doing their best. No, no, I'm, I'm like, honestly, you listen to people pray. Is it coming from, are you drawing from the wells of salvation or about your current week of desperation? And I think it's really important that we, I think, yeah, it's good to be together. Um, and the other issue was Eastern mysticism, uh, intellectual Gnosticism, and Jewish legalism. The, 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 uh, he says, be careful of the high-sounding nonsense and then he went on to, in that chapter, and I just think this is really important because we've circled the world we're just as in our Bibles a little earlier. And then, he, and then he says, there's all of these other things that are getting put on you because Christ plus anything equals nothing. Christ plus nothing equals everything. He, he goes on to say, the, there's some people are putting these restrictions on you and uh, some of this high-sounding nonsense uh, like in verse 11, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised. Now, when you read that, you go, hey, just a minute, I think I would have known that. <clears throat> but it's not a physical procedure. It was the spiritual procedure from the cutting away of your sinful nature. When you came to Christ, did you realize that your sinful nature was cut away? You now have the nature of Christ. This will, call, this will be a stumbling stone for people. But you'll say this, you'll say, I'm wrestling with that fleshly nature. It's been cut out. What you're wrestling with is the, it has a memory. It's not that it has the power because unless you're giving it power. But he says, this procedure took place. You want to be thankful for something? Be thankful for this. Your carnal nature, your fleshly sinful nature has been cut away. That's a big, big deal. 
He says, it's been cut away, and he says, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. Something happens when you all took that step of baptism. Remember that moment? He says, you were buried with Christ at that point. Want to be thankful for something? That when Christ was buried, you were buried with him. You were co-buried with Christ. And then he goes on to say, and, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God that raised Christ from the dead. When he resurrected, you resurrected with him. If you, when you're thankful for that, it'll start to make sense to you. Where to worship in spirit and in truth. In spirit, you go, okay, that's what it is. But in truth is, boom, you've got the experience. It's not enough that you know something. What, what's important is you experience something. Having known something is so nice, but it's only a part of the step until you experience something. If you know the love of God or you've experienced the love of God, you'll realize that knowing is not nearly as good as the experience. When I breathe through my nose, they say it makes a noise in the microphone. It says that the Father, when you look at the chapter one, it says the Father has enabled you, thank you, Jesus, but it says the Father has enabled you, in verse 11, may you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. Once we start thanking the Father, once we get thankful, things start to move towards us. It says, may you be filled with joy who has enabled you to share the inheritance that belongs to God's holy people who live in the light. And then he gives five, a five-fold blessing of Christ. He has rescued you. Did you know you've been rescued? From, from the rules of the kingdom of darkness, and he has brought you into the kingdom of his dear son. You've been translated. God has purchased your freedom. You've been paid for it with his blood, and he has forgiven all of your sins. You want a reason to be thankful? Just take those five right there. Spend the rest of your life just being thankful for those five things. Um, to be thankful for the miracle of our relationship. I think this is a, a significant thing as followers of Christ. Just as. Now I want you to think of the just as for a second because what can happen is we can feel like failures very easily. But uh, let me just talk about the, what happens when gratitude begins to be part of our vocabulary is we begin to not so much think about the things we failed at, but the, th the potential of what we have uh, to look forward to. It changes our perspective. It, cal it calibrates us somehow. It's a simple, profound thing. And you'll, f you'll find if you exercise this a little bit, uh, you'll be grateful. I make a whole bunch of mistakes. Uh, I have a whole box of game tags of animals I never shot. Okay. Um, if you're a hunter, and I keep it, I keep it beside my, my rifles because it reminds me that potentially, you know, um, you've been a bit of a failure, but this might be the year. I bought, I bought an e-bike for my grandkids this year. It was a scam. That was the second time I was scammed in two months. I'm just getting, you know, so I'm cutting up my credit cards, getting new credit cards. I think, just wanted to help my kids. It was all an innocent thing. Failed. Why couldn't I discern the con? Because electric bikes are like $1,500. This one for $112 seemed like a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I just got told yesterday that um, I've been scammed. The police confirmed it. Um... 
The Navy SEAL's motto is this, plan for success but train for failure. When I get thankful, things get real. Don't complain about rain. My grandpa told me never complain about rain. You need rain and sunshine for stuff to grow. Welcome the storm. You can take it much stronger than you think. When your roots have gone down into Christ, you become unshakable. It's a big deal, man. It's a really big deal. Your entire body has, has systems that are dedicated to failure and disruptions. It's a lifelong process. And, it's, and, and let me just say this about um, following Christ. There's no shortcuts. I love what uh, um, Tozer said. He said, God has not bowed to our nervous haste nor embraced the methods of the machine age. It is well that we accept this hard truth. The man who would know God must give him time. Can't, it's not going to work quick. There's a process, slow process. It's a slow uh, and a long process. Um, I I was meditating this week on the Lord is my light and my salvation because I think one of the functions of the Lord is he shows you where to walk. No, 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 don't step there. No, 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 just okay. He shows you where to walk. Um, I found another revelation of uh, him, God is light, is um, Kelly uh, Kelly was in the washroom and so I'm using the mirror in our our, uh, bathroom and when the light comes in a certain way, you see stuff that you didn't realize was there. The funny thing about when your whiskers go white is you can't see those rascals. Unless, Rick, it goes for you too. All right, there are places that you never thought hair even grew. <laughs> Kelly often, she said, you know, on the way home from church one day, she says, that whole patch right there, you got to... I said, well, she said, has it been there all morning? Yeah, but it's okay. No one can see it. It's all... But when the light hit it, I go, what's this, all this white stuff down here going on? Lord is my light. He reveals stuff. There's no, there is not a message, there is not a scripture within the Bible that minimizes the consequences of sin. Things are revealed that we'd be, take the courage and deal with them. It's a process. It's not a fast process. It's a slow process, and it never stops. He said, just as you've received Christ, continue and live in obedience to him. <clears throat> Ever wish someone, someone was more thankful? Parents? Oh, those kids, if they were just more thankful. Whenever we feel that little judgment rising up in our heart, that's the invitation to start doing that yourself. We train our kids. They, they learn what they see, right, and experience what they've... So when, whenever you're wondering, why isn't someone more thankful, that very specific thing, that's the invitation for you to begin being thankful. That's the Holy Spirit. He's revealing something. The Lord is our light. He's revealing something. Those, those people, that, no, no, I'm not talking about them. I'm revealing something in them because they're just a mirror of what's going on in you. Gratitude. It's a big deal. Um, um, I feel like Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 12 was a personally profound passage of Scripture for me this week where he says that you've hewn out broken cisterns that don't hold water. Um, there's really only one place we find living water. Now, you may have carved something out that you think, ah, oh, this is going to give me life. You may have dug something, ah, oh, this is going to satisfy me. But ultimately, in God's grace, he allows us not to be satisfied with the things that don't satisfy. So what happens when we dig out cisterns for ourselves? He says they won't hold water. Eventually, they'll wear out, they'll play out. But in Christ, 
within whom the fullness of God dwells uh, bodily, we can find full and total complete satisfaction of all of our desires and all our cravings rather than looking to the false little G's of the world. That's the invitation. Um, we can shift our environment, our mindset, our perspective just with thanksgiving. I just love when you, look, when you read the rest of this pas- passage about inheritance, translation, purchase, forgiveness, new nature, new power, new life, canceling of all charges, of all condemnation. And I just think we've got so much to be thankful for in Christ. And once we start, this is what the word confession means. Literally, it means to say the same thing as. So when I make my confession from Scripture, it may not be a, a reality yet, but I'm saying the same thing as he's saying about me is that every accusation has been canceled about you, so that when you're listening to, you're bringing that up yourself. Let me close with this point. Uh, Last point, lessons from a coffee pot. I, um, this week, I retreated to the mountains for a little bit, and um, I I was feeling pretty empty, which is why that passage spoke to me so much. I didn't want to fight another fight. I didn't even know what the fight was. And I felt I needed to kind of get my bearings once again. I was feeling burnt out. And, um, and, and being burnt out, burning out is the result of a depletion of a fuel source. And so I lit a fire and I put a coffee pot on the grill. And uh, funny enough, one stick is not enough to boil water. Point being, we're better together. None of us can generate alone, enough heat, we need each other. Um, so when the fuel source is gone, of course, it's, now, now I was in trouble. So what I need, I needed more than just fire. So I was able to split a bunch of wood and I got the thing going, the coffee pots. Coffee pots sitting up here, oh, they make those, the fire down here and the grills up there. And Here's the other thing that we need, we need more than, we need enough heat. But the second thing you need is proximity. I took that coffee pot, off the top of the grill, put it straight in the fire. Didn't take long. That rascal was boiling. Proximity. It's, it's not enough you know where the fire is. You need to get close, you need to stay close. Now, here's the result. That nice little stainless steel coffee pot I've had for like 20 years, getting so close to the fire, it actually completely changed how it looked. It was all black when I got out. But the point for me was this. It was that I had not, maybe though I knew who Christ was, I don't think I've been close enough. And, and, the, and, the, and, and the fuel source had been depleted because I was filling up with things other than Christ. And then I needed to not just begin to fill up, I needed to draw close. He said, if you draw close to me, I'll draw close to you. That was a, I, I, you know, the distraction of it all. There I am, everybody, I was by myself in the campground and along came four boys with new, uh, new, new cars. I wanted to see how much rubber they could get off those tires in a short period of time, a short space. Bless that guy in the BMW M5 with fresh pipes on there. Bless him, Lord. Just so thankful for this brother showed up today. And the guy in the Charger. And they all backed in, and then they lifted up their hoods and looked at their cars. And I'm, I'm trying to draw close to Christ over here. The distractions, dear Lord. And, and, then, and then they decided, 
that it's not enough that we just lay rubber in the parking lot. Let's go out on the highway and race each other. I said, Lord, will it never end? I just, there's no one else like for miles and all of a sudden three BMWs and a Charger show up with four kids that just wanted, right, with sweatpants and white running shoes and you know, whatever. Oh, Lord, bless them. May they not lose too many kilometers on those tires. Lord, just bless them. I'm going home. I left. Let me just, let me close by saying this again. I'm closing again. If you ask me about following Christ, I would say it's not so much about trying, but it's about training. It's training. The difference between a pro athlete and a dad that's got a jersey is training. It's not that you made that decision once to follow Christ. It's that decision to spend time every day in his word with the decision I'm going to be obedient to what he shows me today even if it hurts. What a, what a terrible thing to feel like you've been filling up with the wrong source. And no wonder it ran out. It wasn't meant to satisfy me. That, that little, that whole, the whole like first nine chapters of Jeremiah, it's just all repentance and I just want to speed through that if I can, but the Lord wouldn't let me. There's so much I need to repent of. I couldn't get that Thanksgiving going on the inside of me until I got rid of some of the stuff that was already inside of me. It's not about trying. How'd you receive Christ? Not by trying. It's for, he, that it was because of his riches. He set aside his, his riches. He became poor that we might become rich rich in mercy, rich in love. <clears throat> yeah, what if you let those roots go down deep and let and drop nourishment and let gratitude overflow after that? Um, I want to say right now, I want to say thank you. Um... <clears throat> Um, there's been a lot of people who have felt devalued over these last couple of months because they've chosen to stand with their convictions and their beliefs and as a result their job has been placed on the line that's wrong they believed that what they were doing when they were training was the best thing for humanity and we wanted, they wanted to help people. These are educators, these are firefighters, these are frontline workers, these are healthcare professionals, families, sacrifice that they could have an education. They went through the training and for some ungodly reason, they are no longer valued. Well, I'm here to say that you are important and you are valued and that you matter and I am against the force that's placed you in the crossfires of conscience when you really just wanted to do your job Well, our hearts go up to you today and we've chosen 
that what we want to do is we want to pray for each one of you that have been impacted by the vaccine mandates and um, and now you are forced to make probably one of the hardest decisions in your life and I think that if we were honest I think this really disturbs the heart of God I really do however we need to find things to be thankful for and so what I want to do if you're here today and you've been impacted by that mandate either you or your family I would just like you to quickly stand to your feet please so I can pray for you would you do that? So Lord, I don't know what else to pray for, but just for a miracle. But Lord, we're, in our weakness, we're told that you can be stronger. And we acknowledge today the injustice within our province and within our land. And Lord, these good people who are, we're so thankful for their contribution. We're so thankful for their sacrifice. We're so thankful that they are willing to put themselves on the front line and now feel they're expendable. Well, Lord, we declare within your kingdom there's a different dimension at work. And I know, Lord, that they matter to you. And I know this decision creates conflict within them. And I'm asking God today for your supernatural presence to come and direct them and cause them to be light and life in their environment And in making this decision, Lord, that you would be Lord of all. Father, we break the lies that have tried to imprison. And we ask for your truth to release freedom in the name of Jesus. Amen. Could I just have everybody stand as we close? When when we're not... I'm not quite sure how it works, but it seems that... Uh, gratitude and value kind of go together. And um, I just don't want you to be weary. Um, We've never quite been here before. I sure haven't. Um, We have a QR code. Um, We'd like to pray for you by name. If you were a loved one, uh, we'd just like your name and uh, what you do. Uh, Right? Carlo, teacher. And we're going to believe God this month to pray for you each by name. And in the information desk, you can write your name. I just think Lord bless them is not quite good enough. I want to be specific. We want to be strategic. We want the Lord to take that smooth stone and direct it right at the forehead of the giant. And there's giants in the land. Whenever there's giants, God raises up David's. So we just want to do that with you. So if you wouldn't mind doing that, giving us your name, we would like to pray for you by name. Father, as we gather together, um, Lots of things that create forms of anxiety and distress, but there's also lots of things that cause freedom and victory and overcoming within our lives. So Father, today I pray for everyone that leaves here, Lord, they have a sense of overcoming, that you've given them this life hack of just learning to be grateful and let gratitude flow out. Uh, Father, that we were able to soak in your word and find things to be thankful for and confess them daily. And as a body, we're here together to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord in Jesus.
Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Uh, I just want to say through those doors, go overcomers. And I know it felt a little heavy, but I believe it's gonna, it's lighter as you go. Go with a jump in your step and be blessed. Thank you for being in church. You're released. Go change your world. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.